Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Broadcasting from the Leadership Academy Studios, aka my new basement. Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, the go-to plan for coaches, authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds to start, grow, and profit a business that you love. Hey, I'm your host, Matt Browning, and today we are back with uh, guests in studio. Very excited about this. Uh, we've been doing some solo episodes as of the last recent weeks, but you may have heard, if you've been tuning in, uh, that we have a brand new book coming out. Uh, it is called Driven to Courage. Very exciting because this is the first new book in a little over three years. And coming out of you know this crazy last season, the last couple of years, uh, it seemed obvious and needed to talk about how to overcome the unexpected. So this book is called Driven to Courage, How to Deal with the Unexpected and Come Out Stronger. I don't know anyone who hasn't been hit with something unexpected. And this week, uh, my guest, as I've been doing for the next few weeks here, we have contributing authors to this book. Now, I thought this would be a fun way uh, to do this book as having stories and teaching from real live entrepreneurs just like you, phenomenal human beings. Uh, I scoured the earth finding people that um, are just incredible, full of integrity, but also having uh, outstanding stories of overcoming what, quite frankly, would have thrown me on my butt and maybe some of you as well. But they got over it, they went through it, and they came out stronger because of it. And this week, I have uh, my guest, Linda Shively, with you to share uh, her story uh, and her perspective all about how to recover joy after being hit with the unexpected. Now, Linda's been featured in the Wall Street Journal. She's a best-selling author herself, award-winning speaker, and neuroscience and mindset expert. She's also presented all across the country at places like the Harvard Club of Boston, the New York City Bar Association, Walmart, and even Carnegie Hall. Welcome, Linda Shively, to the show. How are you? I'm great. Great to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, it is great to have you here. Are you kidding me? And I'm looking at your just wonderful, beautiful face, and you always have such a huge smile and joy in your heart. How in the world, um, you're, you're a joy expert, and that's a lot of what you were writing about in the book and what you uh, have been doing professionally for years now. Tell me a little bit about again, your story of getting into this world of joy. I think all of us could use a little more joy in, your, in our hearts, but you have a special perspective uh, of holding joy in your heart different than most people have. Back in December of 2005, I had to make a really tough decision. I had to decide how to get out of an abusive marriage with my severely handicapped three-year-old daughter, Jessica. And Jessica, she's a bright-eyed, happy little girl with just sparkling eyes. Her eyebrow, you can't see it when you're listening, but her eyebrows move up and down dynamically. I can't do it anywhere close. And she loves to read. She loves to play with her friends in preschool and just connect with other people, play with stickers. She also has a condition called spinal muscular atrophy which is a progressive neuromuscular disorder. And it affects her ability to walk, her ability to crawl, 
can even breathe. And with the strength of her index finger, she's able to zoom around in a power chair and explore her world and use her communication device. And she, oh my gosh, she brings me so much joy. My marriage, on the other hand, keeps me on high alert. I never know when he's going to explode. I never know what he's going to do or say. And I begin to believe the lies, the crazy making, and start doubting myself. Like, I don't even know what's true anymore. And I knew I had to get out, but I had no idea how, because raising this little girl, what, how could I possibly do it all on my own? I finally figured out a way. And on a Tuesday, when I had the best nurse, I told her, you pack up all our medical equipment. I'm going to pack her clothes and toys. And I put her down for a nap. And as soon as she wakes up, we're going to escape. There's a flurry of activity. She wakes up and we leave. Exactly two weeks later, two days after Christmas, I hold Jessica in my arms as she takes her last breath and dies. And from that moment on, I struggled to see any kind of future for myself for 10 years. I doubted myself. I didn't know how to move forward. I procrastinated. I didn't take action. And I didn't really know why. And I finally realized there was one missing component, one missing key, and I hadn't had it in nearly a decade. And that missing component is the secret, true joy. I thought you were going to leave us hanging for the secret. <laughs> oh my gosh, Linda. Can I just, man, I, I, I just want to breathe for you. Um, wow. Now, I, I've, I've known you for years, uh, long before this interview, and I've heard this story and I, I've, you know, I've, I've heard this from you and I've heard you sharing this on some of the various stages, but every time I hear it, it's, I just get taken aback and I get knocked back again. I, I don't know how in the world I would deal with anything remotely that traumatizing. Can you talk a little bit about, and I don't want to spend a long time here, right? Because I know we're, we're talking about overcoming, but there's always something to overcome. Can you speak a little bit to like the emotion in the moment? This is obviously this crazy traumatic two weeks that would, you know, knock anybody. What's it like when you leave? What's it like? Did you have notice during those two weeks? Did you know something was going down with, right? Like, did you already know that Jessica's health was more in jeopardy than you realized? Or was this completely out of the blue? Can you talk us through just a little bit of like, those two, three weeks of like the leaving the settling the, the second trauma? Um, and what that was like for you, what the emotions like for you? Because I, I want to understand how in the world we're, we're coming out of something that would be that hard. When we left, her health was no better or worse than it had been. She did get sick Christmas Eve, and I knew she was sick. But you weren't, you weren't on any kind of like a countdown timer from the doctor or something like that where they said, hey, this is... Well, this she is had already, I mean, she'd already outlived the predictions. So at that point, I was on, okay, she's going to be the one that makes it. I see. Because they, when she was three months and was diagnosed, the doctor said she wouldn't survive to her first birthday. And at this 
when we left, she was almost four. How did you see that then? And is it the same as how you see it now, years later? Like, how, how do you look at something like that? Because I think, again, w- when you're working with any kind of loss, especially something as close as a child, again, I can't imagine. Uh, but I know some of the people listening have walked through that or something similar, and they've walked through getting out of abusive situations. Did you see the the three was it is this bonus time is this of course she's going to live even you know because she's not a statistic like what was the attitude that you're bringing to that uh in those first few years when she was first diagnosed honestly that was probably one of the hardest days of my life if not the hardest day of my life how old and was yes, she when she I, was diagnosed is this day three months old? Three, oh three at months. three months okay gotcha or very close to three months because how do you comprehend a death sentence on your child? I mean, you just, it, you can't process it. It's this total disconnect of, but she's so alert and she's seemingly okay, but she's not. And I did not want to entertain the idea that she was going to die. I had to kind of block that. Although I was miserable for a long time. And then I realized she didn't know that she was going to die and she still needed love. She still needed to be fed. She still needed her diaper changed. So, you know, she, she still, still needed to play and she still had the same exactly, attitudes, right? Exactly. And love to read. And so we would read books and, you know, I couldn't, as she got older, we couldn't get into the van. I mean, barely get her strapped in. And she's already pointing at the box of books, like demanding to be read to because, you know, why are you waiting? So whoever was sitting next to her could not be car sick because they had to be reading while we were driving. And, you know, it just, she loved being around people and was very animated. And the only time she was upset was when she couldn't breathe, which, is a really good reason to be upset. I'd be very upset. (laughs) So, so you, you are again, walking through this and for the next 10 years, you said you, you really struggled. And again, like, I don't think anyone would, uh, would blame you for that. And I don't know that I'd ever pull up. Like, I don't know if I'd pull the nose up out of that. Uh, I, I feel like if, if I'm walking through something that hard, I don't know if I, if I would come out the other side or not or how I would. So kudos to you to, again, even begin to figure out how to process and how to walk through. But you, how would you put it, right? Are you, you're never over something like that, but you have moved to the other side. You've moved into a new chapter in life um, and you've had several chapters since then. So I don't want to spend our entire time obviously on that, but is there anything else you want to mention about Jessica? Anything you want? Uh, to share with our audience just a, about her at all. Um, I just want to give, give her the time. She just had that mischievous twinkle in her eye that would, you know, be like, oh, well, she's, she's in a wheelchair. How can she ever do anything? Even though she couldn't move much, she could get her way. <laughs> and she was just feisty and would give people select people rides on the back of her chair and you know her grandma got a ride i got a ride you know some of her cousins would get rides but not all the time but Um, some cousins might not (laughs) 
you gotta you gotta be nicer you gotta you gotta you, you gotta get permission and but it was she just enjoyed her life i think she had a, a really good life and it was i'm grateful beyond grateful that i got to be her mom and you know that was such a privilege because you know yeah it, i wish it had been longer and i would never trade having her for anything and you know that's the, beautiful You know, so one, it sounds like, again, one of the things that you talk about in the book, and one of the things that you certainly is, is a gift that keeps on giving from Jessica is her joy for life. And you've talked about that extensively. Um, can, you, can you share a bit, again, walking through on the other side of this, walking through the other side of, of a double trauma, losing that for so long? How did you... Did you have like an, an epiphany? Did you have a moment? How do you recognize that, you know, the missing ingredient uh, isn't motivation. It's not whatever else you might fill in the blank with. The missing ingredient is joy. How did you first identify that? I wish I could say, oh, there was this epiphany and just poof, it happened. It, it evolved over time. And there would be, it's not to say that during that decade, there was no joy whatsoever. It was fleeting or there would be spurts of it, but it wasn't conscious at that point. It would just be more circumstantial. You know, things would be happening and I'd be enjoying it. And then I started to shift my own being and realize that I had control over it and could choose to step into that. Where before it was based on what was happening and not not really consciously aware of how to make that happen for myself that's powerful language that even just you know saying that you had to choose to step into it um because it, it is so easy isn't it how many people do you meet every day that and i'm guilty right like i'm guilty different days where i just wake up and go oh i just feel this way and i'm on the couch and or whatever it is right and i can't get to the gym or i don't want to work on the business or i don't want to you know, contribute or, you know, whatever the thing is that was supposed to happen that day. I just don't feel like it. You, and I'm guessing that again, you probably felt that I don't feel like it. And, and, and I will admit that there are still days that some days I don't feel like it. And I sure. don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm human. <laughs> so. But you recovered the choice. And then what are some, what's some of the secrets that you, again, you, you talk about this uh, in your chapter in the book, Driven to Courage. You speak about this when you speak at, at your different signature talks you do all over the place. Um, what are some of the secrets to, I guess, recognizing it, recovering the choice? Because I feel like it, it, it sometimes is easier than you, than you make it out to be, but sometimes it might be harder as well. What are some of the secrets that allow you to recover that choice of joy and really grab that? Because I want that secret power, man. I want, I want to harness that in my life. Um, I feel like each day would go a lot differently if it was seasoned with joy. Choosing how you live. So like living a better story. Because each of us has something that happened to us in the past or many things that have happened to us in the past that we may decide that it means 
tragedy. It, we may decide that it means that it was a hardship. We may decide that we weren't good enough or any other belief that we make it mean. And maybe it was something from when we were really, really little or maybe early adulthood. But how we define that story, the meaning that we make of it is our choice. And that meaning is what is powerful. And so because we can choose what the meaning of the story is, we can live better in our present because of what we make the past mean. So events will happen, but the meaning is assigned by you. And exactly. you're deciding, okay, this event happened. What does it mean? Does it mean that it's the end or does it mean it's the beginning? Right. And so forth. That's incredible. Um, so you, you take charge of the meaning. Is that the first thing you do? Like take charge of the meaning or is it, because for me, I feel like sometimes people don't even realize they're telling a story, right? Like I'm just living these events and these events have happened the government, this, and, and, you know, the virus that, and like, and all the stuff that's happened around us and all the stuff that happened, you know, before that first step is actually recognizing, hang on a second, these events aren't my life. These are just the events. The meaning I assign to it is my life and I'm in charge of that. So you decide to take control of the meaning of the events, which is fabulous. And then what do you do with, you know, you go, okay, yeah, these events happen and they're terrible or really hard. And the meaning is, okay, you know, this happened to make me stronger or whatever the case may be. But where, where does that joy seasoning come back in? How do you find, or do you find joy in the midst of hard things? Like, do you find, you know, uh, do you find joy everywhere or is it, hey, I find joy in the fun stuff and I find something different in the hard stuff? So I believe there's a difference between joy and happiness. They're very close, Let's but there's, go. A, Here we there's go. a difference because happiness is often related to external events. Joy is how you're being and it underlies everything. So joy can be present whether you're quote unquote happy or whether you're sad, you can still be, you can still have joy. And that blending of whatever emotion is happening and having that underlying joy everywhere is why even in hardship, you can still tap into that joy. So yes, something horrendous can happen and that's why often in tragedies, we see people wondering why, why do they have that like inner peace? And that's because they've tapped into that joy. So joy is the in, internal experience, the internal emotion. Uh, happiness is generally based on what's around us. So I, I got a new boat. I'm happy. Oh, my boat sank. I'm sad. Oh, right. You know, right? <laughs> I went to this wedding family. Yay. They got married. It's, this is a happy occasion. Um, I like that. It's a really, really good distinction. You know, it makes me think too, as a, a, in a Christian background myself, uh, what, there's a famous scripture in James that says, you know, brothers count it all as joy. And it's preached on a lot because the wording is counted all as joy when you're suffering for the, you know, the gospel. So he's saying that as you share this message, you're going to encounter all different circumstances, all different kinds, struggles in life. Some people were in prison. There's some, you know, there's good and bad things happening. You get imprisoned and you witness miracles, but he said to count it all as joy. And I think, man, 
again, regardless of, of your, your background uh, listening, I think that it's just exactly what Linda's talking about. It makes perfect sense um, because you can count the hard things and the joyful things uh, joy. Now, you, you, you talk a lot about um, what we call, what you call the joy-stealing dragons. And I'm wondering if in the time we have, could you explain a bit about what these joy-stealing dragons are to the audience? Um, because when you recognize them, it's not enough just to go, oh, I want to have joy in my life, right? Um, it's really about, well, hang on a second. Sometimes the joy feels like it got stolen and these dragons are a metaphor, a way to capture it back. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> I'd love to. The joy-stealing dragons, I've, I've named them. So they're a little bit more relatable that way. There's second-guessing Sally. She's the one that always wants you to second-guess every decision that you make because you think, oh, yeah, I want to do this. Well, maybe I don't. Maybe I know I do. Sally maybe I really well. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's no good Nancy who wants you to believe that you were not born good enough, even though you were. And she wants you to think, oh, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. Or even if you succeed, she'll say, ah, eh, you could have done it better. And then there's perfect Paula. And perfect Paula wants everything to happen just so before she'll take any action. And that often means that nothing happens. She's kind of related to a perfectionist and procrastinator. <laughs> uh, we've, I've never met someone like that before. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's judging Jenny. And judging Jenny, oh my goodness. Social media is judging Jenny's playground because in case you haven't noticed on social media, either everybody is having an amazing time and posting pictures about fantastic events, or they're so sad and everything is horrible. And no matter what you feel like posting, you think, oh, well, I'm not gonna compare to them or mine isn't good enough to, I shouldn't, I shouldn't post my boring life because look at all those people doing amazing activities. Then there's overwhelmed Ophelia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could you, could you have picked a, a, a better O-Dragon? <laughs> Oscar? No, these are female dragons. <laughs> well, these are, so I, these are my dragons. These and, are androgynous dragons. And, and they, you know, if your dragons have different names, that's fine. I, I just feel that they're kind of universal. So I share the ones that I've created for myself. And I believe that well, taming, taming the dragons is what it's all about. And I know, you know, we've talked before and sometimes it's like, no, you need to slay the dragon. It's like, no, slay the dragon. It's, it's taming them because working with them and understanding when they happen, how they happen so that you can deal with them because often circumstances, they come up. And so understanding how to navigate it so that you can deal with them. That's incredible. And, so the, these are, and I, I love the distinction too, Linda, you know, it's not, it's not um, slaying them, it's taming them because they will like, they're, they're here to stay in some like, at some point you're going to be overwhelmed again. Right. And that's kind of the whole, the whole key is that when the overwhelm happens, how do you dance with that dragon? How do you tame it? So it doesn't overtake and doesn't steal the joy. Um, and you have 
this is pretty cool. You have uh, a quiz all about the Joy Stealing Dragons. Can you tell us about that briefly? And then how do we find it? Um, it's a it's a free quiz, right? Yes. So it's at joystealingdragons.com. And it's a fun quiz. You can take it to identify which dragon is most active in your life right now. Oh, no. And, <laughs> and then get some tips of what to do, how to tame it, so that you don't have to be stuck with that dragon in this moment. And it, it you know, go ahead. You can take it right now. It's joystealingdragons.com. And find out which which one is the the most active one. And you know, I I'd love to have a conversation with you if you have some questions about it. And there's a way to to reach out to me when you take that quiz too. That's fun. I'm I'm gonna have my wife take it. And is it okay if I have her take it and then I guess which dragon it's supposed to be because I want to make sure she's right. <laughs> I think I know. That would actually be really fun for couples. Well, um, we'll. we'll, we'll We'll take it for each other and see if we get it right. I'm like, I know which one. I know which one you are. Of course, she'll know which one I am. I think guys, if you want to, uh, if you want to read, um, also Linda wrote an entire chapter for our book, Driven to Courage. It's incredible. She shares her story. You heard some of that here, but she goes into much more detail in the story in the book, um, as well as some practical tools and tips to recover and reclaim your joy and to tame those joy-stealing dragons. Uh, the book is on pre-sale still. It's pre-sale through July 15th. It's 20 bucks flat for the pre-sale book. And you get a bunch of bonus goodies. That's awesome. You get the you get the book shipped to you. You also get the ebook. You get the audio book. Um, it's all included for one price. Plus, there's two tickets to our live seminar in California coming up, all about how to overcome the unexpected and come out stronger and how to break through and take your life to the next level. Um, success revolution is coming up in august so that that's included you get two tickets right there just as part of the pre-sale and an incredible author bonus bundle so linda uh, has been so kind as to contribute a gift uh, that she charges for typically this is a free gift it's part of the book um, so exciting stuff so again you can go to driven to slash pre-sale and you can grab the book pre-sale for 20 bucks ethical bribe we give you a whole bunch of goodies thousands of dollars of value uh, just to order the book uh, for less than the retail uh, beforehand. And that includes shipping. We'll ship it out to you. Uh, and it's going to be awesome. So Linda, thanks for contributing to the book. Any final question or any uh, anything you want to leave us with in the spirit of the book, in the spirit of joy, in the spirit of overcoming or taming dragons? Just live in your joy. Take the action you need to take so that you can have joy in your life and make sure that it is a part of your life. And, and don't forget about it. You know, know that you can have joy. You heard it here. You can have joy. It is a choice. Tame that dragon. Let's go. My guest, Linda Shively, thank you again so much. Uh, you can grab Linda. Uh, you can follow Linda Shively. You can grab her quiz. Of course, the quiz is amazing at joystealingdragons.com. You can follow her on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you're listening to this live, of course, you can jump over to wherever you get your podcasts on demand. They're all free episodes. We have our show notes and you can follow Linda there. You can follow me at Matt Browning and we are out of time. I'll see you further down the road. And remember, get out there this weekend. Stay driven. All right, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>